Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast on this rainy Memorial Day weekend. This is the podcast by, with, for, and about family law professionals. My name is Tom Tuft and I'm a family law attorney and ADR provider at the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebeck, and O'Connell. My guest today is here for the second time. He offers a broad range of services in his practice. He provides individual and family therapy, he conducts brief focus assessments, he works in multiple forms of ADR, including child-inclusive mediation and social early neutral evaluation. He also does parenting coaching, and he's an all-around great guy. Last week, he spoke about providing therapy to children, and this time he is going to speak about providing therapy to adults, which, which has some very different concerns in light of the need for social distancing and offering his therapeutic services via video conferencing. I am pleased to welcome back Dr. Kent Cadellan. So, Kent, I really appreciate you joining me uh, once again for a podcast. It's really nice to have you back on. Yes, Tom, thank you. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. So last time we talked about your work with uh, children, uh, mostly around therapy, mm-hmm. and I know you do a few other things. Um, you know, with, with adults you work, I, I understand, in uh, coaching and PC work and therapy and Honestly, I think of you in the coaching realm, and I've sent a number of yeah. clients to you over the, the years, but I'm wondering what, um, in talking about all of them, how, how have you changed how you deliver those services under the, the current circumstances? Um, well, I still, you know, as with my therapy clients, everything is by video conference, and with coaching, it actually that lends itself pretty well to the video conference because uh, what I found is actually I have more options for accessing people and their schedule and and you know a lot of times you're dealing with people who have their own demands and work schedules and things and now since everyone's working from home they're more accessible uh, but the actual the functional work hasn't changed too much from having a conversation. Uh, you know, previously I talked about the therapy work. You, it's, it's a bit of an adjustment because, um, you're, you struggle to go into that same sort of depth and that same level of work, but with coaching, it's okay to, to be speaking at a, at a more superficial level, as it were. You're still talking about important things, but uh, you're able to have a chat easier and still accomplish the goals you have set out. Well, and I know, you know, when I have clients who maybe live in Minnetonka or, you know, some of the western suburbs, mm-hmm. and you're in the southern suburbs, um, you know, you're you're not a candidate for them. Um, and right. I'm like, ah, you know, and I get it. I get they don't want to drive an hour you know, meet with you for an hour and then, you know, then drive an hour home. It's quite, it's a, it's a full day or half day anyway. Sure. And, um, I sure. think this has kind of maybe broadened, uh, your market a bit <laughs> in, yeah. in all your services. So, well, and certainly lowered the pressure for me. Now I feel like I don't really have to meet any expectations. It's good enough to try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is it similar for your, um, your, Therapy and PC work with adults too. How's that? Is that different? Any? Uh, different in what sense? What do you mean? So, so you're doing everything by by video. Um, yep. Do you think uh, therapy with adults is similarly effective, or 
Um, wish you were one-on-one or how, how do you see that? Yeah. Well, um, I think that for me, it's, it's, I try to be very careful about what hat I'm wearing in any given role because I have sure. a lot of different hats. I'm a PC, I'm a child therapist, I'm a, an adult parenting coach. I do brief focused assessments where I'm an evaluator and so on and so on. So for me, before I start with a client, I really stop and think, all right, what is my role before I take that call? What are we doing? Oh yeah. I remember we were talking about this. So we can, you get your agenda and your game plan. And then of course the client goes off in a direction you weren't expecting anyway. But um, what I, the reason that comes to mind is because often those lines are still blurred and Mm -hmm. I'm using the, my therapeutic skills and tools to set uh, to, to make the person feel comfortable and make them feel like they're heard and understood. But then with coaching, I am much more directive, um, which again, lends itself to the video conferencing therapy with adults versus therapy with adolescents and children. I think it's, uh, I'm finding it a lot easier on zoom, um, because typically when an adult is coming to me, and we have a scheduled appointment, they will very often have an agenda or have something pressing that they want to discuss and some focus. Whereas with younger people, um, I usually have to provide that structure and that orientation. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with either. I'll take all comers. It's just depending on where they're, uh, where they're at. So on the, that's uh, the biggest difference I noticed. On the PC work, are you finding different issues? Are you running into a lot of um, what Mindy Mitnick called uh, COVID mischief? Yeah, I, I've had a little bit of that. And and what I'm finding is that, again, this idea of what hat am I wearing? Uh, for me as a therapist, I, I am constantly resisting the urge to... <laughs> go deeper and explore. Well, how did they get here? And what are you thinking about that as the PC? So sure. what I'll get <laughs> with this COVID-19 mischief is I'll, I'll get these sort of open-ended questions like, you know, well, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about this. <laughs> and, and I have to say, well, it doesn't matter what my thoughts are. Are you, are you looking for a decision? Are you looking, are you, have you guys resolved this or do you need my help? Um, so there's a lot of that sort of, uh, because I think feel, people are feeling insecure or unsettled, perhaps a better word in general, mm-hmm. they're, they're really sort of putting out feelers to see how am I going to respond? What am I likely to say? And you, you know, your PC, you know, this full well, that that's pretty constant anytime. But it seems to be more increased, I'm finding, in, in the current situation we're in. Yeah, I have a case where a, a gentleman is a, a nurse, and um, not clear what he's exposed to. Um, that, but you know, there's this generalized fear that anyone in the medical field is more exposed, and right. Um, so, reasonable fears by you know one parent. Um, 
you know, reasonable reassurance by the other parent that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will yeah. keep my kids safe. I'm not going to expose my kids. If I ever had that situation, I will, I will do right by them. Um, so it's, you know, with a family that's already challenged to the point that they need a PC, um, to, to add on this, this additional layer of, you know, fear and concern about your kids, um, being exposed yeah. to something and at risk, uh, you know, and, you know, one spouse assumes it's something to gain leverage and yeah, you know, yeah. is it, is it, you know, is it genuine? Is it, is it, uh, COVID mischief <laughs> again? Yeah. And you, you use that term, you just so flippantly threw it out there that reasonable, you know, <laughs> right. that is so up for debate. And, yes. you know, in my role as a parenting coach, um, it's, it's oftentimes I find I'm, I'm trying to help people separate their emotional reaction from what is reasonable. So let's put aside the fact that, you know, Marjorie made this request to the PC. Let's focus on what is the request before you jump in and, and, you know, burn up bridges and destroy it simply because it's coming from Marjorie. So let's, let's figure out what is reasonable. How do you, how do you recognize what reasonable is? What would you look for? Those kind of factors. So, um, a lot of reactivity, um, both as a PC and I'm finding with coach cases, um, you know, you, before we started recording, you and I were talking about the, the community that is family law. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're doing these podcasts to kind of maintain that. Well, there's a perfect example of why it's incredibly helpful to have a relationship, uh, you know, uh, even a friendship with the person who's sending you, a client, if they're the PC, and you can really have a conversation about what their experience is with the client and what kind of message would be helpful for the client to hear, not so that it makes the PC's life any easier, but so that it helps the client accomplish what they're trying to do. Um, and so it's, it's sometimes helpful to have those kind of consultations beforehand or check-ins and things like that. I mean, no, I agree. My approach is yes. still my approach is my the coaching client is still my client, not the PC. But nevertheless, if if I have a shorthand, like if I can talk with the phone cops and understand um, what's been tried before and what the actual facts are versus what I'm just told, <laughs> that, yep. that really helps. Yeah, I I think um, you know you you do see that. You know, I, I remember um, I had a, a very challenging PC case where I was partnering with Karen Irvin, and she had a dinner on her outdoor up second story deck. Um, mm. Must have been a dozen people there. Almost, um, there was the coaches for each parent. There was therapists. There was the attorneys. Um, it was mm-hmm. it, it was quite the the crowd, and that's how we started that very challenging case. And we all mm-hmm. could interact with each other. Now it was a very challenging family and it, you know, some of that collegiality <laughs> went away um, after a few months, but it, it sure. started us off on the right footing. So um, sadly we can't do yeah. those kind of <laughs> large gatherings anymore at present. Right. But um, I, I right. agree that that sense of community that, 
we have um, is unique to uh, to Minnesota. If, and, you know, from what I've heard from other, and I really, I really think it serves the clients much better as well uh, because we have a, a a deeper understanding of the different shades of what's going on for that family as opposed to one side. You know, I, you'll get in my field there are there are sometimes therapists who only interact with one spoke of that wheel in the family and they are convinced of what's going on and what's happening and that that really doesn't help their client in any way shape or form to jump ahead and draw conclusions and i imagine for your profession as well it doesn't necessarily help your client to well, take the ball and run with it yeah you know sometimes when the client goes to the PC is the first time we kind of hear the other story or when we go to an SC&E or an FE&E, it's like, oh, okay. You know, you <laughs> learn helpful information, but it makes the outcome for your client better. Um, whereas when I started, you know, if you wanted information from the other side, it was formal discovery, depositions. Yeah. Um, yeah. That structure doesn't lend itself to the kind of conversations that I think do help families um move on. I mean, it's very stilted. It's very defensive on both yeah. sides, frankly, uh, you know, the attorney and the, I, and the, the deponent. <laughs> so I have a post-it near my monitor that's strategically placed and in big block letters, it's Y N K. And I have that there to remind me at all times, you never know. <laughs> you never know the full story you think you do mm -hmm. but that's part of that you know my training as a clinical psychologist is a lot of it this is hypothesis testing and i apply that to my work as a coach i apply that to my work as an evaluator i apply that to my work as a pc i have a hypothesis and i need to look for information for it or against it and, and you never know fully some areas you might have a good handle on but you never know so yeah, that's, I mean, whether that helps me or not, it yeah. kind of guides me. Well, and, you know, in my field, you're always suspicious and you want evidence. You know, you want yeah. documentation, yeah. you want corroboration. And um, it's, it, you know, you, you hate to, you know, it's an interesting way of, of looking at things, you know, and then it obviously when you're talking to your kids, you're like, really, did that really happen that way? Could that have possibly happened that way? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it does, it does yeah. change how we think. And I, you do see that we, some, you know, men, the mental health people and the, the attorneys kind of process things differently. Yeah. And then, you know, the financial people, even they're even more different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. But we're all, we're all human and yep. a lot of us are parents and I have teenagers at home. And I, I tell you, my toughest client <laughs> is a 13 year old who is telling me all these bad things have happened and they didn't do nothing. They didn't do anything. And I have to bite my tongue and say, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? So. Well, and, and that also applies to the adult work. Like with oh, coaching. sure. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Are you sure? Are yeah. you sure you didn't do anything? Okay. Yeah. I, I love saying, you know, I have really bad news for you. I think you are both decent people. 
<laughs> you know, That's perfect. Yeah. and and I'm sorry to say that I'm not buying that. You know, he's evil incarnate, and she's the demon, yeah. uh, demon seed That's here. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, Ken, I really appreciate your time again. It's 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 always good to talk and you know get some additional yeah. insights and, and you know you're now to hear how you work with adults who are sounds like. Every bit is challenging, but in a different way than than dealing with kids. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I again, I appreciate the invitation, and I hope it was useful to you or to some listeners out there. I I greatly appreciate you doing stuff like this to keep our community connected. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Welcome. I am not entirely sure how I met Kent. It was several years ago, and I believe it was through a parenting consulting consult group, um, but it could have been something else. Uh, since that time, I've uh, observed him come on the scene, uh, become very well respected, become well liked, being asked to present uh, at various conferences, uh, including the AFCC. And I am always on the lookout as an East Metro attorney for service providers on my side of town. Obviously, that's less relevant at the moment with people providing therapy via Zoom, but there's a bit of a dearth of providers on in the East Metro who are willing to work in family law. For tomorrow's episode, we're going to start something new called Marketing Mondays, and we'll talk about ideas and suggestions for how to make potential clients know that we are still here, we are still operating, we can still serve them, uh, despite the lack of ability to get out there and do, do some of what we used to do uh, to make ourselves visible and, and offer our services. Once again, we have come to the end of an episode. So to my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourself and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business. 